You are listening to 2325 Fitness, your favorite health and fitness podcast. In this episode, our guests James Benatow and Mirza Krendich talk about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. We discuss why Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is one of the most effective self-defense methods in the world, why it's important for everyone to learn some kind of self-defense methods, and why the health and fitness aspect of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is so unique when it comes to other forms of martial arts, and much more. Enjoy the episode. Today we have a very special episode with two guests. You know, so you guys are in for a double, double surprise today. We have with us Mirza Krendich and James. James, I never got your last name. It's James Benito. James Benito, right. And so James, it took me to like 10th grade to learn how to say it. So. so you both have really unique last names. And you both yourself are in a very unique sport, which is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Mirza here is a current competitor. Uh, I think pre-COVID he was competing and I think he's planning to compete in the near future as well. And James competed in the past and now he's been a coach for over 15 years now with the gym mm-hmm. for the past 11 years. So this question goes to both of you and we'll start off with you, James, is what got you into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? You know, and I know that you you have a background with like MMA of Muay Thai right. and like other combat yeah. sports as well. Yeah, so absolutely. you can start off with like what got you into it and, and we'll take it from there. Well, what what got me into martial arts was actually being bullied. I, I grew up in uh, Southwest Detroit, and I was very small and skinny and quiet, and uh, so I, I kind of grew up getting my butt kicked a lot. <laughs> and I, I probably was a bit of a smart ass, to put it bluntly. So I, being the smaller guy, I wanted to learn martial arts at that time. Like. Uh, Chuck Norris, Bruce Lee movies, those were like TV, you know, it was right before like Van Damme and those guys started popping up on TV. So I, you, we'd see that, I'd see that stuff and try to like mimic the moves. And then finally I had an opportunity to get a little bit of training, just a tiny bit, just a few weeks of, of karate training. And it, it gave me the cojones to, you know, fight back one time. It only took a couple of times and then everybody was cool with me after that. This was like middle school and stuff like that. Elementary school was kind of like that too. Once I got to high school in Detroit, it was different because I they knew I could at least somewhat protect myself. Uh, so I started on those traditional martial arts, Taekwondo and things like that. And uh, I was doing Taekwondo and Muay Thai and trying to, you know, uh, seek out jujitsu because in the 90s, uh, when it, you know, the UFC started, that was kind of the world introduction to Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So, of course, I wanted to learn that facet of it. And uh, real specifically, there were some guys in uh, Wyandotte um, who were doing something called shoot fighting, which is kind of precursor to MMA. It's like open hand, kind of Muay Thai, but it also had the basics of jiu-jitsu. I went and trained with him one time with a friend of mine who was also a, a ta- we were already doing Taekwondo. We were already doing Muay Thai. You know, we definitely knew how to fight stand up. We went there. But it, it was it was ridiculous. Like I throw a kick, boom! I'm on my back, arm barred. You know, same thing had my body over and over and over. And I remember specifically, we left that. Uh, it was like a two car garage that this guy was teaching out of, and we left. And I was like, I cannot wait to come back next week because the guy like trained like two times a week, and the one day wouldn't work. And my buddy's like, Yeah, we're going back. And no matter what, he would never come back because it was like he got exposed. He could fight standing up fairly well but once you put him on the ground it was like a fish out of water and so was it for me but I wanted to learn that so maybe in a sense that bullying thing had always been a thing where I just wanted to know how to completely protect myself you know and as time went on I I competed in taekwondo I competed in muay thai and then I started doing jiu-jitsu competition and then eventually started fighting MMA and then time goes on I became a coach and uh you know jiu-jitsu is 
the, in a sense, the glue that holds all that together. Cause no matter how good you are standing, all oh, I got to do, take you down. You better have some jujitsu, you know? And uh, so, I mean, that's, that's the story for me. It was being bullied, got me into martial arts. It's been the one constant in my life. I've always been around it, learning in it, spending money on it. And now finally I, I'm making a, a, a meager living being a coach and, you know, training fighters as well as, you know, regular people to, to, to fight, you know? And uh, I mean, without me going on and on, that's basically, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's super cool because you started off as someone that didn't know about like any kind of self-defense or anything. Now you're training people to do this exact thing that you wanted to help yourself too. So you're helping a whole new generation on this. Um, that's a, yeah, I, I have to say that, you know, people come, they want to learn how to be fighters. They want to get in the cage and I'll, I'll teach them that. And I have women that come to me for self-defense, police officers that train with us, firemen, and, and just people that want to be confident about themselves. And it's, for me, it's just, I love just watching the path it puts them on because mm -hmm. no matter what they think they're going to be with it in the long run, they'll know how to protect themselves. And the side product you get from that is discipline, the ability to work hard. Uh, confidence and most of all respect because there's 130 pound girls at my gym that can choke you to sleep. So you learn how to be humble real quick, you know, but and I just love seeing that process, you know, fighting's and cool. It's really but interesting that you mentioned because we had a couple of weeks ago, we had Muneeb Salmani. He was a pro boxer and also, oh, he, I know Muneeb, yep. right? I would call us friends. He had yes. a similar story. We've had like, guys fight him and, right? and we, we go yeah. way back. So, and he had a similar story, like how he was like bullied and of course being in school, and I know that Mirza, Mirza has been nodding and agreeing with everything. So Mirza, what's been your story coming into MMA or Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu specifically? Yeah, man, it's it's a lot like uh, like James' story. I mean, I don't know what on God's green earth caused me to go on and go into an MMA gym, but I was always a UFC fan, uh, MMA fan, always watching the UFC every Saturday. You know, it would make it a point to, to watch it on the couch. And um, at that point, I was probably 225, um, hitting the gym pretty much every day. You know, I was just, just this big beefy guy. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm for some reason, something caught, I saw a free trial on online or something like that. And I was like, hey, let me give it a shot. Um, originally I wanted to do Muay Thai. I wanted to, you know, kind of, uh, learn how to box, learn how to learn how to kick, you know, do, do the stand up, And, um, I saw some, I saw some, you know, people rolling in the background and like, what are they doing? And uh, come to find out there's a jiu-jitsu class. So, you know, I'm, I'm like, all right, let me let me get another workout in. And uh, keep in mind, I'm, I'm 225 and I'm, I'm rolling. My first roll was with a 135-pound guy, uh, Jacob. And uh, this guy is, you know, so unassuming, wears, you know, he used to wear glasses, just this little, uh, little scrawny little kid. I'm like, you know, I'm going to take care of this kid here. And, uh, <laughs> it was, it was not like that. Let me, let me, let me just, uh, let me just long story short, uh, flip me around, swept me, uh, trying, put me in a triangle, put me in a rear naked. I'm like, after, at, at that point I'm, I'm, I'm in my head. I'm like, how, how did this just happen? Like, I, I, I'm, I'm just dumbfounded because I'm in the gym. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pushing three plates on, on the bench press and I'm squatting, you know, you know, however many, how, how much I was doing at that time. And, I was, I was, I had a, I had a big head at that point. And, uh, James will tell you, man, jiu-jitsu really humbles you. It, it, it really humbles you more than, more than anything that you'll ever see. And, uh, at that point I knew I had to leave my ego at the door. Um, and it became an addiction at that point. Uh, I, I came in for Muay Thai and I, and I really, uh, I really fell in love with jiu-jitsu. And, and at the, from that point on, I, I haven't missed, you know, more than, more than a couple of days in a row. 
besides injury. It's just been, it's just been a constant in my life and now in my wife's uh, life as well. So, I mean, it's, it's something that, you know, James will tell you, you can't, you can't really live without, even though you're not competing, even though uh, you're not maybe as involved as you used to be, is there's never, there's never any leaving jujitsu really in, in your life. Absolutely. That's really interesting. Like, I mean, you guys told you, and James, I wanted to bring that back to you real quick is that, and you told me like for Mirza, when he went to the gym, he was already like, you know, six foot. 225 trying to get into the competing mindset but when you started off were you like a scrawny skinny kid or were you also um when i was uh when i got into martial arts first i was skinny short blind now i got contacts in uh but at the point that i got into jujitsu i was already an athlete to a degree you know i was probably 185 pounds five nine five ten maybe you know because i was like i think i was nine or 20 when this situation happened. Um, so I was an athlete and I would say I was a pretty good striker. I'd already fought Muay Thai. I won fights and I was a thousand percent confident in my skills on, you know, in the street, you know, and just like him, I was like, I didn't expect it to go down. You know, I threw a kick, kick got caught. Basically the guy single legged me off of it, off of the kick. And if I remember right, I, I just put my hands up like a dummy and he just arm barred me and luckily it didn't hurt me, you know? And then it was like a repetition of that, like for like six rounds. Finally, I was like, I'll just try to punch. And then he just clenched me body lock, boom, take me to the ground, get my back. And I got choked. But I was like, it just woke me up to the fact that, okay, you thought you were good. And maybe I was to a degree, but then there's this other thing, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It's like black and white movie, HD, you know, and it really, it was an eye opening for me. And like I say, my friend went with me and I won't name his name. We're still friends to this day. And he would just have an excuse to never go back. Cause that exposure was just, I guess, too much for him. So for real me, quick, my upbringing made me want to go back and learn it, you know? Yeah. yeah so I real mean, quick. Two mindsets to it, right? One is like, you know, the mindset that you want to go beyond and, you know, even you, for you, it exposed your weakness. You're like, you know what? I want to close that off. I want to get better at it. And then right. the other mindset is like, you know what? I'm comfortable in my own space. Yeah. So. But real quick, before we move on, uh, I think it's important for anyone listening that's new to this. They know MMA, mixed martial arts, about like stand up and all that. Maybe someone doesn't know what BJJ is, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. So, James, if you could just give a really quick intro to what it is. Well, basically, it's, it's, a, it's a complete self-defense system for a one-on-one fight. Maybe even more than one-on-one at times. It's... Uh, it's the it's a gentle way as well to you know win a fight because for the most part there's no striking involved you can take someone down you can control them you learn how to control their body and then you can submit them or make them tap out or if necessary choke them out which is safer than it sounds and and, it, and it's safe and it's nearly invincible you know when it comes to any other martial art and that's kind of how brazilian jiu-jitsu proved itself because it would take on the individual martial arts this was you know right at the beginning of mma let's say there were jiu-jitsu challenge matches and uh it it ruled you know most martial arts were designed like here's a kung fu guy fighting a kung fu guy here's a boxer and a boxer wrestler and a wrestler but jiu-jitsu was like well let's see what happens when we fight a karate guy let's see what happens when we fight a kickboxer let's see what happens when we fight the wrestler and so it's you know is it completely proven in hand-to-hand combat and the beauty of it is that you don't have to smash somebody's teeth out if you don't want to you know you can use jujitsu to safely take control of somebody and then there's a side benefits it gives you you know the athleticism and all that stuff you know but as far as like the breakdown of what it is it's a complete martial art that uses your body 
to win a self-defense situation without hurting somebody. Mm-hmm. I, I think you'd agree, right? So you just described jiu-jitsu in itself. Now, how is Brazilian jiu-jitsu, like how did it start off? Because I know you mentioned that back uh, back when you were getting, uh, you were starting off, that's when it was first introduced. And mm-hmm. how did it evolve? Uh, I would love to hear your mindset on that Mirza, from Mirza's training perspective to how it has changed from when you started up until today. Mirza, how long have you been training? Uh, five years now. Okay. Well, I've been doing grappling and jujitsu for about 20. Um, as far as like a quick history lesson, uh, it actually comes from Japan originally, but it basically incubated in Brazil, you know, the Gracie jujitsu family. Um, and, and they were, you know, they ran martial arts schools in Brazil and they were using that martial art to win challenge matches. And um, as time went on, they came to the U.S., Obviously, we've got the UFC now, which was originally started with Hori and Gracie, um, and, and it's blown up from there. But uh, to as far as how it's changed for me, and I'm sure Mirza's going to tell you about, there's been changes just in the past five years. But how it started when I got in it, first of all, um, when you're looking at the competition aspect, let's say jujitsu competition most specifically, when I competed in jujitsu, the level of athlete or skill is not like what it is now. These guys have, you know, like I thought I had an encyclopedia of moves, but now it's like this because there's so many more advancements in the art. And now that you have the internet, you know, back then it was uh, like the karate guys would try to keep their stuff secret. The jujitsu guys would keep their stuff secret. The judo guys, it was always like trying not to share, but now everything's like this. So you can get a kid in Rochester, New York, comes up with a crazy move that works, puts it on Instagram. Next thing you know, it's in every jujitsu school. So it's went like this, you know, for a long time, it was that systematic win fights, self-defense style. You know, you, you know, you get the guy down, maybe you punch him a few times and you, and you choke him out or in the jujitsu competition side, it was, you know, wrestling matches with submissions, but now it's really evolved into almost a, a completely different art. And it's even got, branches that go in many different directions. 20 years ago, it was just straight up Brazilian jiu-jitsu. You either trained with it with a gi on or you trained in shorts and a t-shirt. And that was pretty much it. Now you've got, you know, very lethal subsystems within the art. And uh, I'll shut up and leave it to you, Marissa, to go from there. So. Yeah, I mean, you hit, it, you hit the nail right on the head just from the social media, uh, just, just from the boom from social media mm-hmm. uh, from when I first started. And until until when Instagram became what it is today, um, you see you see a move that you know you would never see in, in a million years until you go to a competition, you go to a major you know, high level uh, tournament, right. and you see, you, know, you see it in real time, and you get to practice that in real time, and you get to you get to see all these things and take it all in. Um, right now, I mean, as as, as James alluded to, when when Jitsu first started, it was it was you know a lot more controlled. There was a lot more. Uh, slow methodical pace and and nowadays it's it's you know with what people do in gi and no gi and by the way gi is the you know the what, what people wear in karate yeah right so gi and no gi so no gi is basically you're wearing like a stretchy type of material uh rash guard it's called and you're slippery you're slipping all over the place and you're you're going from from point point a to point b much quicker there's you know there's there's a lot there's a lot more dynamic movements in it and uh, nowadays, you, you'll see a lot of people um, doubling into leg locks a lot more, uh, which in the past they used to train, but they used to train it only 
at a, at a higher level, at a, at a much more experienced level. Nowadays, you see white belts, even blue, you know, blue belts, even white belts doing leg locks. And it's considered to be dangerous in some elements, but um, it's, it's, it's needed in, 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 in modern day jiu-jitsu where everybody's doing leg locks. You should at least know how to defend, uh, at least know how to defend those, you know, those different attacks. Uh, so, you know, long story short, it's, 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 it's come a long way from, from the UFC, from the, you know, UFC one where, uh, where Gracie, you know, took, you know, took, took the world by storm and showed everybody what jiu-jitsu was. And today, uh, you're having just specific jiu-jitsu competitions air, aired on pay-per-view, uh, people paying to watch, you know, people do jiu-jitsu, which, you know, James, you know, you probably, you probably would say that you never thought that you'd be being paid for jiu-jitsu. Uh, 20 years ago, right? 30 years ago. Just imagine. Yeah, that, that's, that's unheard of. I mean, <laughs> just, just thinking about that, even even 10, 15 years ago, I mean, people weren't making money in jiu-jitsu. Nowadays, you know, you have high-level people, the highest the highest level people competing at ADCC and and whatnot, um, what what people aspire towards now. Uh, they're they're making they're making a lot of money doing jiu-jitsu, you know, sponsorships with with competition money and all that. So it's it's evolved a long way. It's it's come a really long way. That's really impressive how much it has involved because so I was born and raised in Abu Dhabi. So that's the Middle East right there, right? So I didn't know about any other form of martial arts other than karate. You know, we did that as a kid. We went to like brown to whatever. Like I was like two belts away from black. When I came to the U.S. and when I like saw all these UFC, UFC fighters and I'm seeing like, what is all these like different techniques? You know, they're using their legs, their hands, takedowns. And then I've, I looked into it more and it's like, it's, as, as James, you mentioned, it's like a mixture of different things. So it's just interesting that how, as you mentioned early on, everyone had their own secrets. It eventually evolved into a place where like now there's no other choice but to mix up everything to make the best out of it. Absolutely. Let me expand on that real quick. So for MMA, you have to mix everything. Um, Self-defense, you could be totally fine with jujitsu, especially for law enforcement. Um, But if you're competing in MMA, uh, you know, in fighting, you need that mix of everything and that's where all the secrets are just mixed together the ones that don't work really well throw them out keep the ones that work good you know so it makes you know it's, it, there's definitely a difference between the two but pure jujitsu on its own is lethal you know especially in a self-defense situation if the jujitsu guy's got to fight a, a high level mma guy or something like that he's gonna have his hands full but if he has to protect himself he pretty much has everything he needs you know it's really like i know you mentioned all of these jujitsu muay is Krav Maga, is that also a form of martial arts that's similar or is, um, that, is that like completely lethal? Okay, so I have done some Krav Maga. Um, you know, I've trained in a lot of things for short periods of time, feeling it out, seeing what I can learn it at. I've got 30 years of martial arts training, you know, so I, I've done some Krav Maga and I will say that it's a pretty effective form of self-defense. Um, I'm sure I would get lit up for this, but what I found with that was their ground side of things was, was very limited. And, and Krav Maga is actually built off, I believe, judo, wrestling, karate, boxing. And then they've added in some elements of jiu-jitsu. And I know when you get higher into Krav Maga, there, there's a little more jiu-jitsu. But in, in my opinion, as a coach that coaches fighters, civilians, police officers that's competed, it, it's missing that. Is it great for, you know, a housewife in her thirties? Sure. Anything would be. And it's very explosive. It's a lot of like, uh, like explosive movements. It's like you react real quick, headbutt, punch, 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 knee, 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 run away. You know, um, it's almost like I call it explosive karate in a sense, you know, not trying to knock it. It's a great martial art, but 
I feel like it's uh, uh, missing a, a lot of the ground element. If, if wow. you know, to put it, and their training methods are interesting. You know, they got they got some very good training methods to create what we call stress inoculation, like to get people you know able to use their brain under massive amounts of stress, like mock attacks in the gym, that type of thing. So that stuff is good. Um, I just don't. I, I don't always call it a martial arts, more like a, a, a system, you know, and uh, there's not really a philosophical side that falls into play with it. I'm probably going to get killed for this in some commentary or something, but my experience with it is excellent martial art. I definitely put it in the maybe top five of individual martial arts, not MMA, you know, because in my perspective, MMA is the, the greatest martial art because you are combining all the best things. It's a great martial art, but it's, it's not MMA or jujitsu. But there's so, no element of Krav Maga in MMA. Is that really because Krav Maga is really just an element of other things, boxing, wrestling, judo, hip tosses, things like that, some jujitsu, and that's all picked up from other styles. So, you know, you could have a guy who maybe fights in MMA, says he's a Krav Maga guy, but, you know, and he might be, but I wouldn't say Krav Maga is a, is a major element in MMA. Your four major elements in MMA are Muay Thai, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, wrestling, and boxing. And then you've got a smattering of karate and other techniques that are mixed in. But I wouldn't put Krav Maga high on that list. It's a great self-defense system, though. We need to sign up Ruffy for some Krav Maga. He seems interested. But, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually confused right now. Like, what do I do first? But going back to what you mentioned earlier about uh, MMA being a complete mix of things, but BJJ, just having that skill set for self-defense is more than enough. Um, ties into why I was, I was going to ask, why is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu important? And would you consider it one of the top self-defense, you know, uh, martial art to get into? What, what's your opinion on that? Mirza, you want to answer this or you want me to go? Yeah, as, uh, as, as, as James alluded to, I mean, when it comes to self-defense, um, it's, it's been proven time and time again that jiu-jitsu is, gonna, is, is, is the number one uh, thing that you want to do when, when, when in a close quarter situation, in a street fight where anything can really happen, anybody can land a punch and, and you're out, right? Uh, to be able to be, you know, close to a person, if a person is a blue belt or higher, if you, if, if they grab a hold of an untrained person, that person is going to sleep a hundred percent of the time. So it's just, it's the ability to control and at the same time, not get hurt. And, and when it comes to street fights and when it comes to self-defense and in situations where you don't know what's going to happen, um, it, that there's, there's power to that. And, and, and I'll let James uh, answer that if he wants. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, when I get asked that question, like, what is the best self-defense system? I say mixed martial arts because you've got the best parts of jujitsu. You've got the best parts of boxing and kickboxing. You've got the wrestling element so you can stop getting taken down or put somebody on the ground. But a lot of times people don't have access to a good MMA gym. You know, this is Detroit. There's a couple of good MMA gyms. So let's say you're in a small town and you've got, you know, a judo school, a karate school, whatever, whatever look for the jujitsu school. Absolutely. Good. If you can't find a real MMA gym and there might be some, uh, McDojo type MMA gyms, you got to check it out, check them out make sure they're legit. But if you had to pick an individual style, I always tell people Brazilian jujitsu because it works for everybody. Strength is not much of a factor. I mean, in striking, sure. Being strong is going to help you, but jujitsu, sometimes being strong works against you. Usually the strong guys are the guys who get beat up the most when they first get into it. <laughs> well, yeah, a great example of that. And his example is 
probably like 50% of the examples, very similar things. Guys come in, think they're tough guys. We get this all the time in the in my gym, which is an MMA gym. Guys that think they're tough come in and some guys get choked out, come right back and want to train. A lot of guys get choked out, never come back. I mean, if I get four guys in a week, three out of four are usually gone because we do a free first day, you know, and we don't let them spar or anything because they probably hit some pro fighter in my gym hard to get their you know, crack for it, but we will let them roll. You know, we try to make it control, make sure they work with the right people. But Mercer can tell you these stories. I'm sure you get those spazzy new guys that are just going like a thousand percent and you're trying to fight them off. And I mean, you end up getting them in a choke and you choke them out and he realizes, oh, my, everything I had was useless. Some guys run from that, you know, men, a lot of us have real fragile egos and we all think we can fight. You know what I'm saying? We all think it, but not a lot of us really can. Yeah, all of us watch those videos on YouTube, and you're like, "Yeah, I can, I can do that." You know, I'm a, I can, I can line up punch in a street fight. But then when it comes down to it, and, and you're in that situation, there's there's people who's going to fight, and there's people who are going to fight. You know, they're going to fly away. Right. But, uh, you know, it, there's there's there is power to being to being experienced and being in those situations a lot. Uh, situations where you're you have somebody on your back and they have you know they, they're about to sink in that rear naked choke on you and you're you're struggling trying to defend that i mean just being in the situation builds you uh not just from a, not just from a fighting and self-defense perspective but just as a as a human being all those experiences learning uh humbling yourself you know all these all these good uh qualities that you that you want to have in a human being i mean jiu-jitsu helps build a lot of those no, I, and I just, remember that with uh, I was there for James for your for your, for that one day class. I was there, and unfortunately, I couldn't sign up with you because right after that, the, the next couple of weeks, I tore my muscle in my knee. So I was <laughs> able to get back with it, right? So I, I saw that how it was different, you know. And I was like, when we first did the warm ups, I was like, okay, you know what? This is like this is just a warm up, like thirty minutes. Well, 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 but when we got into the punching and the kicking part, it was actually hard. Like I was like, these dudes are actually hitting, you know. <laughs> like even though I was geared up. I like, this, this is actually hard stuff. Right. Well, <laughs> hopefully it didn't go too hard on you. I'm always like, don't hit no, me no, no. hard. For me, know, it was just like, I'm going to hit you. you know? <laughs> it's okay if it was roughy. Come <laughs> as hard as you want. But real quick to touch on something with self-defense once again, in a real-life situation, as Mirza mentioned, uh, in a stand-up fight or any fight for that matter, uh, would you agree that most fights, if they end up on the ground, someone with some general knowledge, like what Mirza said about a blue belt, or actually most fights do end up on the ground and a lot of people don't know what to do for that reason. Jujitsu being a ground game, I guess that's what puts it up there. Right. Would you guys right, agree? Because gravity, you know, it's going to end up on the ground. Um, right. I always, I have some guys in my gym. They're not compet. Well, they might be jujitsu competitors and I got guys that are Muay Thai and kickboxing competitors and they dabble a little bit in the other area. You know, the jujitsu guys, mean they don't want to get punched and hit. So they, I got to push them to do it a little bit. And same thing. I got the kickboxers are badasses, but get them on the ground. They're not that bad, you know? Uh, so I always tell everybody that trains MMA, at least if they're not trying to be an MMA fighter, I require of them what I call the 80, 20, meaning if you're a kickboxer, 80% of your self-defense system is kickboxing. 20% is jujitsu and wrestling. All right. Same thing for the jujitsu guy. If you're jujitsu and that's it, you still need 20% striking. So to, to slightly expand on that, you're a jujitsu guy. Guy starts swinging punches at you. You kind of need to know how to move your head, maybe block, and maybe just you can't get him to the ground. Big college football player, whatever, you can't get him to the ground. You, even basic striking, basic defense, some leg kicks, 
probably could win the fight if it stayed standing. And same thing with the kickboxers. I always say, look, dude, if you don't knock him out with the first shot and it turns out he wrestled in college or he's a football player and he bum rushes you, tackles you, and now you're on your back, all you need is a, a little bit of jujitsu and you can get the guy off you, get back to your feet and run if you need to, or submit him just a little bit, a little bit of the other system, I guess is what I'm saying. You need at least a little, if you're a jujitsu guy and you got no punching, no defense, and maybe somebody starts swinging at you and you don't know how to block. Maybe they get lucky and put you out before you can get the fight to the ground and vice versa. You don't knock the guy out. You're a great striker and you go to throw the punch and the guy actually ducked and boom, you're on your back. You better have something for him. So I say 80, 20, if you're, you know, I guess, a purist of sorts, you know what I'm saying? Hopefully I'm not going on and on, but I hope that makes sense. So yeah. no, definitely have either one of you been in a real life situation where you had to use outside of, uh, outside of a dojo where you had to use any of these skills to protect yourself or protect someone else. Um, Thankfully no for me, but I, I bet James. <laughs> well, I've, I was a police officer for, for nine years. Um, uh, so I use some martial arts there and I was a bouncer off and on. I've done security work and things like that. And I've had some just good old fashioned fights. <laughs> Definitely not anymore for sure. Cause everybody's armed or a psycho out there now, you know, <laughs> plus nobody really wants to fight. They talk a lot, but they don't really want to fight. But um, what, what I can say is that trained gives you this ability to like kind of sort of see things in slow motion, if that makes sense. So if you're trained, it's almost like cheating. You know, you can see them wind up to throw a stupid wild punch or, or, or starts to drop down to shoot at you. You might, you know, you hit your sprawl, which is a way to stop the takedown. When you've got training, you're, you've got the cheat code kind of sure. A guy could get lucky or you get blindsided or you get jumped by multiple people that can happen for sure. But it gives you such an advantage when you're training a real martial art. I mean, there's some martial arts out there that are a little sketchy, but when you're, I use the phrase stress inoculation, when you're put under pressure, I'm sure Merz will agree with this. And you're used to like thinking under that stress, you get to a point where you're not even thinking it's all subconscious. It's like, you'll realize you threw a combination or you put the guy in a move and you're like, wow, I can't even believe I thought of that. It's just your muscle memory is so fine tuned. It's, it's a, a phrase is ultra instinct that we talk about. It's like you fight almost like subconsciously. And, and that's what I found. It was like, I was cheating because I knew how to throw straight punches or I knew how to body lock somebody um, or throw them to the ground. It, you know, cause most people that are fighting don't really, they're not really trained. Most people that are trained are, they don't, that energy's burnt off in the gym. You know, very rarely do you have a highly trained individual going out there and getting street fights. Thank God, because there'd be a lot of people getting hurt. But usually martial arts takes that negative energy away and, and you don't have that in you. And when you're trained, no matter how you look, the predators can read the other predator in the room, if that makes sense. We all, you know, there's a vibe you can give off. It's not like, oh, I'm a tough guy. The the street smart individuals, they know who who they can pick on, basically. Uh, I've had a lot of situations just get diffused just by me being completely calm, not posturing, guys yelling at me. I, I've been in, in situations where I've had a guy yelling at me and is calmer than I'm talking now, just go, why are you yelling? And just that little bit, just showing that I'm not even concerned, usually can, you know, that's that verbal judo that can kind of chill a guy out a little bit. <laughs> So I've had a lot of near near misses, so to speak, where I, the guys read my attitude and just it didn't happen. Thank God, you know, God forbid, I don't want to get stabbed or shot or something by somebody. But if I got to fight, I'm going to fight. You know, if I got to protect my family or myself, 
I'm winning. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's got me actually really hyped in my head. Now I'm like, I want to be that person who's going to predict the next move. Especially I mean, it's like, like yeah, it's, you can see fight. the first Spider-Man uh, where, where, you know, he finally gets his powers. He finally gets bit by the spider. And the guy is punching and he starts winding up and he goes super slow. And uh, he sees it coming and everything. Yeah. So, so it's sort of like that. But I mean, <laughs> when it comes to jiu-jitsu, like, you 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 get the feel of people. You you know how people are, are moving. You know uh, if you if you if his body is this way, I can do this. And, you know if, if if I can get his weight to go this way, if I can control his arm here. You know, there's there's so much that that you know when it comes to setups and 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 you know setting up attacks. Uh, a person might go for one thing, and then they're they're setting up a completely different thing, right? So there's 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 a chain to everything that you do, and when it comes to jitsu, like you you have that you have that instinct, like uh, like James alluded to, you have that instinct that you know you know how a person's body moves, you know whether whether uh, whether weight is going, you know where their balance is at, and you know there, there's a lot of power to that as well, just just knowing a person, knowing your opponent, knowing your enemy, and being able to control them. Definitely, and once- yeah, on the- <laughs> which brings me to the most one of the most important things which goes with any sport especially in combat sport is injuries right how mm-hmm. how common do you as a coach see people making mistakes and getting injured and Mirza what about you like you know when you're wrestling and when you're like you know sparring I know recently you just recovered from an injury as well so shed some light on that like how common it is on like if someone is already injured in the process how difficult or easy it is for them to like come back and get into their top shape yeah, when you're doing MMA, you're you're always you're always injured. There's always going to be something. I mean, you're going to have your back hurting. You're going to have you know. You're gonna, if you're, I mean, I'm talking about a competitor or somebody who's serious about about MMA. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to scare anybody away from it, like <laughs> but you know, it's it's just it's just the truth. When you're when you're competing and you're serious about it, you're doing it every single day. It, it, it takes its toll on your body. And uh, if you don't allow your body to recover, you're not doing the right things. You you know, you're not stretching. You're not uh, massaging yourself, you're not, you know, you're not, you're not eating right. Um, all those things. I mean, even, even if you're doing everything right, there's always a freak thing that can happen when, when it comes to, you know, uh, when it comes to these dynamic movements. I mean, I, I did, I just suffered a rib injury and that was probably the most painful thing I ever had in my life. I've had knee injuries, I had back injuries, all that. But my rib, when I, when I, when I, when I popped that, I couldn't breathe. I, I can't even sneeze now without it. Cartilage on it. Yeah, yeah. That it, it, <laughs> it, it, it's the most. It's the the worst thing. But um, I would I would have a rib injury any day over over a knee injury. You know, because this is gonna I'm gonna get over that. Um, but you know, long story short, you're gonna deal with injuries a lot. Um, you're gonna have to take care of yourself. I mean, I, I learned that the hard way. Um, just in this past year, I've really started taking that serious and then really stretching really. Um, using this massage gun that, that uh, my wife got, um, you know, just just trying everything I can to avoid that. You know, it's an it's inevitable sometimes, but uh, you can do everything in your power to to try to, to try to kind of alleviate that and try to make it easy for yourself. Let me let me go on that subject too. For James, I wanted to also, if you can oh. add on, like from a coaching perspective, mm-hmm. you tell when someone's like some movements are going to get them injured or they're like about to get injured if they keep doing that. Yeah, you know, um, so I've been coaching for about 15 years and um, I mean, I've cornered well over 300 fights with between MMA, uh, Muay Thai and kickboxing. And then I've cornered probably 100 plus jujitsu matches. Um, And then there's that process in the gym, uh, watching people train. And, you know, 
you can get injured doing this, but you can get injured playing tennis. You know, percentage wise, it's probably a little higher percentage to get injured with us. What I usually see with injuries, it's kind of like Marissa, uh, you know, alluded to is people that aren't quite in shape, people that don't have a mastery of, of their ego. Sometimes they just go too hard. Um, as, as he said, with, you know, if you're doing MMA, you're always a little injured. We have a saying in the MMA world. If you, if you're, if you go to fight and you're not injured, you weren't training hard enough. You know, common injuries are like he had the rib cartilage pop. That's very high percentage in jujitsu. Cause it's like the cartilage actually tears away from the rib. I've had it. And probably everybody in my gym has had it at some point. And it's, it, it, it sucks because it takes weeks to heal and it hinders your movement. Feels like a broken rib, but it's not, you know, ankles, occasional knee injuries. My fighters are a little more, you know, injured because they're mixing wrestling in with the striking and the jujitsu. Um, what we do at my gym is we train jujitsu separately, striking separately, wrestling separately. And we have our certain times where we put everything together. That way guys are forced to get better if, for the MMA guys. They're forced to get better at each part. And that also helps to keep the injury rate down, you know, but especially with wrestling and, and people in their twenties and thirties doing real wrestling. It it's part of the game. It's a little more high percentage with the wrestling to get injured. I'd say jujitsu comes in second with the injuries. Cause you can get your knee hurt sometimes, you know, even if you know when to tap, a guy can have you in a weird way or it gets caught up in your cloth or something. And striking more of your injuries are um, bloody nose, black eye, impact based injuries, kicked in the leg really hard. You know, maybe your legs are sore, um, you know, stuff like that. Um, but I mean, I remember, I don't know if the stat is still true, but I remember years back, I seen this uh, documentary on cheerleading and it was talking about how it had higher percentage rate of injuries than mixed martial arts. Cause it was, you know, cause the girls are throwing each other up in the air and they're falling and landing and, and doing stuff like that. So, you know, any real sport, you could play baseball and you're going to get injured sometimes. Um, yeah, basketball, I mean, the, all I can tell you, I mean, the, the, that ankle injury that I mean, everybody gets an ankle injury from, from basketball, you're going to get injured doing any sport. Yeah. Uh, but the more you do it, the more you do uh, MMA in general, jiu-jitsu, especially, uh, you know, getting to know your body and getting to know where, uh, what your body should be doing and what your body shouldn't be doing. You know, I, probably, you know, if, if you're, if your body is locked this way, I shouldn't probably be going this way and then trying to get out of there or, you know, just with your knees as well. There's so many dynamic movements that, uh, you know, you're not supposed, your knee is not supposed to go this way, right. but when you're a white belt, you're spazzing all over the place. You're, you know, you're just, you're just trying to survive. You're, you're just, you're, you feel like you're drowning. Um, but you know, you're, you know, you're going to be okay at the end of the day. You're spazzing all over the place. Your knee is 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 not going in places where it's where it's supposed to be going. Even though it's it's, it's common sense, it's not supposed to go that way. Uh, but the more you do it, the more you get experience in those positions. Uh, it's about being calm. It's about breathing. It's about not not doing a movement without thinking about it and really you know knowing where your body is, where your where what your opponent is doing. Um, it, there's there's a lot to that. Uh, having having experience in it. And really, if I, if I can tell any beginner, somebody who's doing jiu-jitsu for the first time, uh, don't don't freak out, uh, especially when you're rolling against a blue belt, purple belt, brown belt. Uh, you may think that's intimidating, but most of the time they're going to work with you. They're going to you tell them it's your first day. They're going to take it really easy on you. You're, you're going to be able to move. You're going to be able to do some different positions, try out some different things. Uh, I would just say breathe, just breathe, you know, focus on your on your on your technique, focus on your body. Uh, on your positioning and all that, uh, don't don't be so intimidated to the point where you're 
uh, you're spazzing out. And then when you start spazzing out, you start going hard, that person is going to go hard <laughs> against you just to show you uh, kind of what, what, what it really could be. Um, but you know, just breathe uh, any, any beginner, just, just breathe. Really. <laughs> that's, 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 the I'm best breathing part. so hard right now. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. And I think that that's a very good perspective that you, you both bought. Cause I know Mirza, like you just had that injury, so you know, from what it feels like. And I'm assuming you had it when you were actually like competing or like in the middle of the middle of the fight, right. Or middle of the competition. So just one thing I want to touch on that and ask you guys, is how does that work when you're, and right in between, you know, uh, I mean, I used to talk about MMA and stuff. It's obvious, you know, you get hit, you can see bleeding, you're moving around, but like something like a rib cartilage or something that's internal, do you still finish off your fight or do you like move away or are you, or, or in like jujitsu, is someone able to maneuver around it? Is there ways around it to like, you know, actually compete or finish the, finish the fight at that point? Um, well, I'll, I'll start, uh, if you're fighting in a, in a fight, a mixed martial arts match, kickboxing, Muay Thai match, something like that, uh, a lot of times you can get injured and you're not going to feel it because adrenaline is going. Same thing in a jiu-jitsu competition. You know, you're not going to really notice it as quick unless it's kind of a really serious injury. Um, I've had my cheekbone broke in a fight. That's why you see that dent in my face. And that's from uh, kickboxing. You know, got hit in the face, broke my cheekbone. Didn't hurt at the time. Afterwards, my skull felt like it was just being crush literally i was like holding a 32 ounce diet coke full of ice just against my face like this and me and my friends went out after and i i slept in the car because i was hurting so bad I got x-rayed the next day broken cheekbone that's probably the most serious injury i kind of got um but you kind of don't notice it on our journal unless it's actually inhibiting you from moving like maybe you get a guy gets kicked in the knee or we've seen these calf kicks in fighting that'll shut down the guy's leg he has no physical control over it I've had fighters that I've coached break their hands in fights, keep fighting. I had a fighter, uh, this is crazy, he fought a three-round, three-minute uh, kickboxing match. His arm came out of socket in the beginning of the third round. It was hanging, and he was still trying to fight. And then when the ref stopped him, he used his glove to hook his hand and be, go, I'm okay, and drops his hand, and he's fighting with one hand. Completely lost the third round. Still won the fight because he won the first two rounds when it went to decision. Yeah, I've had another guy rip his bicep and it literally went up in his arm and he was still ready to fight. I had another one of the coaches at the at my gym, Tim Cernoski. He got thrown in a fight, landed on his shoulder. It separated. Literally, it was kind of like hanging down. And he's talking to me between rounds. He's like, is my shoulder okay? I'm like, yeah, you're, you're good, bro. Because <laughs> I, I knew he wouldn't quit anyway. You know, if I was like, oh, yeah, this is bad. And he went out there, he ended up losing the fight, but he still went out there and fought three rounds or two more rounds in an MMA fight. Um, so it's a, sometimes your heart and your passion is, is going to push you where you're not going to think about it or you're not even going to care about it. And I've had some guys get hurt and the fight was over. Sure. You know, guys that got nose broke or something like that. That's an excruciating pain. And, and I've had definitely guys that just were like done or the ref stopped the fight or something along those lines. I've had guys get cleanly knocked out you know um, unfortunately you know but most of the time when you're under that kind of pressure and you've been training your butt off I'm sure Mercer will agree if he's training his butt off for a competition he gets in there and he gets hurt he's going to be probably complaining about it after his hand gets raised by the referee but during the match you'll hear a guy scream sometimes you hear a guy you wince or you'll can see them in pain but it, you put so much effort into that uh, um, unless you're not built for competition 
you, you'll deal with that later. You know what I'm saying? You, plus you're training around a bunch of other animals that got the same mindset. You're not going to be the guy who goes, Oh, I hurt my elbow. I'm done. You're probably going to push it. Your coach has got to come in. And I've had to do this many times and be like, buddy, on to the next, you know, Mirza, I'm sure you can expand on that a little bit. I mean, just like you said, it's just like being in a car crash. I mean, you you get into that car crash and then, you know, you're not, you're not feeling anything. You're like, my back's fine. My neck's fine. And then literally two days after is where it really starts to kick in. I mean, your, your adrenaline is so high at that point that you don't feel a thing. You don't feel like your, you know, your neck is injured or your back is injured, but in reality, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be tough once it, once it wears off. Um, I hurt my rib actually in, in, in competition. And, uh, that was, I mean, it was, it was uh, probably the last couple minutes. And, and funnily enough, I, I was gassed. Like I was, I was, I was out of breath and I was, I wasn't, you know, I didn't do a technique I was, I was supposed to. And, you know, my rib kind of just, uh, popped and that it, it happens, but I, I still, I, I finished it out and, you know, it, it definitely hurt a lot <laughs> and I, I could, I could uh, hardly breathe afterward, but. Um, you're, you're, you, you train so much to get into that spot. Uh, you, you know, you're you, every single night or every single day, uh, you're in there, you're dieting, you're doing, you're, you're sacrificing so much that, um, you know, to you, you're like, what's a rib? Like, I don't, I don't need a rib or like, what's a, what's a shoulder? <laughs> thing? I, I got the other one. Uh, I forget who it was, uh, James, maybe, you know, but I, I, I believe it was cyborg, uh, a brave. Who, uh, who I think he, uh, I don't know if it was, him. I, I, I'm, I think I'm thinking he was, but he, he tore his shoulder and, uh, instead of, instead of stopping, he tied his, he tied his arm, uh, or oh, yeah. hit his arm with, with his belt and he, he just continued the match and he won, he won the, the, the world championship in that match. It was that, was that a, a cyborg? I might've been Marcelo Garcia. Might have been, yeah. It, it was. I mean, just Both seeing that badasses, by the way. But you know, I was right. I, one of those two for sure. Just imagine. I mean, your 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 arm is completely compromising. You need you need two hands most of the time to defend. You know, chokes and all that. But uh, it was it was completely compromised. He couldn't move it. He tied his 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 arm with his belt, and he and he finished it out. It was it was the highest level too, and he and he won the world championship in that match. I mean. Just it, it was Jacare, I think it was Jacare. Oh, okay, yeah. it was Jacare. Yeah. So just, I mean, seeing that, I mean, it 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 really paints a picture of what the, the sacrifice that that fighters go into, competitors go into. Uh, that every single day they're 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 dieting, they're coming home. Uh, most of them are, are working a job, or working two jobs, and they're going to jitsu and they're coming home with all that. Uh, you know, even though they're they're drained, they're still going into the gym. So. Uh, again, like to, to, once you're in that match, once you're, once that cage is locked or once you're on the mats, uh, you're like, you know, I don't, I don't need this. Uh, I don't need this leg. I don't need this knee. Like I can, I can go without it. Uh, and, and most of the time it's like that. And, but again, afterwards you're going to regret it, but you know, all, all that time that you sacrifice, uh, you're not going to let a little thing, uh, kind of stop you from, from doing what you're trying to do. I can only imagine, and like we see all these big fighters on TV, and now hearing both of you from an inside perspective, it's just crazy that you train so long, and then you're just in front of your eyes. You're like, you know what? This is just a minor thing for now. I'm gonna get through it. And that that I think a lot of people don't understand. The general audience is listening. People will see from outside perspectives that when it comes to combat sports, a lot goes into as Mirza mentioned. You know, you're cutting weight, you're dieting, you're training, you're constantly in that mindset. You know, the winning mindset. You can't have any negativity stop you off. 
which brings me to my my next question with with you guys is again how how different is it when you're training and dieting and nutrition for an in season like you're training for a fight versus you're just training throughout the year to keep your body conditioned and in good shape uh Robert, first person yeah, yeah. Uh, so i mean when when you're in season when you're in competition mode um, obviously your diet is going to change. Most people are, are, are cutting weight. They're cutting 10, 15 pounds, sometimes 20 pounds, even, uh, jitsu is not, it, it's not so much cutting in it, but in, in MMA for sure, there is in wrestling as well. Um, you're, you're dieting every single day and, and obviously in off season, probably not so strict. Uh, but a lot of the, uh, change comes in, in your actual roles and how you, how you really spar and how you, how you, you know, go into the gym. Uh, you know, you have your training partners who you're, who you're going to go hard with. You're going to, you know, you're going to go at each other and, and both of you are okay with you trying to kill each other. You're, you're completely <laughs> fine with it. It's, it's the only place in the world where you just, everybody knows you're trying to kill each other, but, uh, at the end of the day, you're going to, you can shake, shake each other's hand and, and hug after the match. But, um, yeah, how you roll, uh, how, how competitive you are, how hard you go in, in those training sessions. Um, it, 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 it does get grueling. Uh, for those for those few weeks that you're that you're uh, that you're getting ready for that competition or for that tournament, but you get really get used to it uh, after some time, after a few years, you know, competing and 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 really training to compete. Um, it, it, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a switch that really that really kicks in. Um, and then most of the time, you're competing a lot uh, throughout the year. You're competing maybe five, six. I mean, a lot. Some people compete, you know, in, in the double digits every single year. And, uh, they're always in that mode. Uh, for me, I, I'm not so much in, I'm not so much in, uh, haven't competed as much as I would like to, but, um, you know, that switch does come on whenever it's, it's time to compete. I, I know it's, you know, it's time to get my diet right. It's time to you know, change how I, how I, you know, do training and how I'm going to be going with my training partners and all that. But, uh, James can become second that. nature basically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, um, when uh, what I like my guys to do, fighters or jujitsu competitors. When I say fighters, I mean MMA or, or kickboxing guys in my gym because I have all three. I, I like when they don't have a fight to just come in and train, so their brain is just not concerned about what they got to get. You know, let's say you're you you got an MMA fighter who's fighting a guy who wrestled his whole life, so he's gonna be probably fixated on wrestling defense. You know, it creates like that little stress. I like when guys are just training to train. And then secretly they, they don't realize they're turning into martial artists. You know, they're learning, they're becoming better humans because they're just training. They're learning martial arts. They're being good training partners to help and nurture, you know, the, the, the newer students and things like that. But then when all of a sudden, Hey, you got to fight on such and such date, gear switches, diet's got to tighten up. Sleep's got to get right. A big problem is relationships. You know, a lot of times guy girl friction when a guy's cutting weight or getting ready for a fight because he's tense. Maybe he's not giving his partner enough time or attention or maybe he's ornery, you know, because he's not eating enough carbs because he's trying to cut weight. You know, so you got these factors that come into play. The fighters that can compartmentalize that and still get the job done in the gym so that they can then get it done on the mats. Those guys are built for it. Then you got some guys, those things will derail them along the way. And a lot of mediocre performances for a lot of fighters and jujitsu competitors sometimes was something that happened not on the mats. It was on its way, you know, whether it be family stuff, uh, nagging injuries, or, or they didn't tighten up their diet enough, or they 
partied or something like that too close to the fight. You know, it's uh, it's like once that fight or that competition gets set, you just gotta, it's time to change your life. You know what I'm saying? And uh, the guys that can do that, that can discipline themselves like that are usually the guys that do well. And yeah. on average, how long would you say a competition prep takes? A month, prep. three months? Usually with MMA, it's about a two to three, you know, my, my guys are like what we call like regional low and mid-level pros. All right. Uh, and my, I got a bunch of amateur fighters and kickboxing pro kickboxers, amateur MMA guys. And then I got the jujitsu competitors. Um, so generally speaking with, you know, those type of fights, let's say we're, we're fighting in the next state. Um, we usually got about a eight week, 10 week lead time. Usually uh, COVID's kind of messed some things up, but let's pretend it's normal world. You know, it's usually, I like to have at least eight weeks to get a guy ready, especially if you got a game plan. Like if you know, this guy's good at something that maybe your guy needs to get better at, you know, uh, jujitsu competitors, they're a little quicker because they're focusing specifically on that jujitsu, even if they're maybe doing some striking so they can switch into getting ready for a competition faster. Usually we have, Again, pre-COVID, we have between, we usually do at least six jiu-jitsu tournaments in, in Michigan or around Michigan, you know, the Detroit area a year. And we have a couple of guys that are, you know, they get paid to grapple as well as not paid. And they'll go all over the country. They'll do 10 or 12 uh, in a year. But generally, we have about four to six a year that we put the team into, you know, anywhere from 10 to 20 competitors. We don't train kids. So it's, you know, usually adults or teens. And uh, so we've got, you know, time frames where we kind of get ready. But what I actually secretly like to do is get two jujitsu tournaments real close to each other so that one, you can go right from one to the next. Cause generally you don't get as injured in jujitsu compared to like a striking oriented fight. So usually like we'll have a jujitsu tournament. We might have one like two or three weeks later, ideally, cause those guys can just quote unquote, stay ready. It's easier to keep them ready. And, uh, or if something happened and they couldn't compete on this one, they can flop right to the next with MMA and kickboxing is not as predictable. And definitely when a guy fights, you want to give him X amount of time off, um, you know, just for if he got hurt or, or just to let him relax. But with jujitsu, that's how I like to see things is two competitions kind of close. Then maybe we got a two or three month break and then maybe another one. And if we can get one real close, cause it's kind of easy to like kind of, you know, skip the rock, so to speak, get guys go from one right to the next. Um, at least that's my method up here with our competitors, you know, oh, that's that's easy to keep them in shape. Up. Way, you know, You're getting me excited. Uh, I, <laughs> I want to compete already. <laughs> so real quick, uh, how you're mentioning discipline and training, let's go back to a beginner's level. And for yourselves, you guys mentioned, uh, someone coming in new to the gym might go hundred percent, not breathe the right way, whatever disciplined. Um, uh, how has your training personally changed from when you first started to now? What's some advice you can give to some beginners, like cut this out and do this from when you start. And also if you guys could touch upon, this is something that I see that a lot of people lack when it comes to any kind of training is like, how important is it like mobility and agility when it comes to combat training, combat sports? Sir. Oh, you want me to go first, Mirza? Here, go for it. Okay. I'm, sorry, uh, I'm not calling upon anyone of you. I want you guys to have. Yeah, I, I know. We're just bouncing back and forth. <laughs> um, mobility and flexibility is, is everything. You know, uh, if you're stiff, if you're not flexible, if you can't put your leg up high, even just for jujitsu, that just increases your likelihood of getting injured. The more flexible you are, the very, you're, you're going to be a less injury prone individual, you know, um, as far as, uh, you know, what he was, uh, asking about, you know, how has my training or, or how has training changed for me as time went on? 
I definitely was the spazzy new guy when I got into the jujitsu side of things, when I was doing striking arts before that, and I've continued to always do striking. But when I got into striking originally, uh, it's different because you're playing basically hard tag, right? So uh, being the spazzy new guy is kind of irrelevant, except that you're probably trying to throw super fast and the skilled guys can just easily duck and dodge and, and make you look like they're in the matrix, you know? Uh, but when I first started grappling, for sure, I would put everything into every round and cook myself and have to sit around out and go back in there. And I think that was because I had competition experience prior to getting into jujitsu. Cause I thought in my head, I was like this tough guy or, or, Oh, I'm when, if I was wrestling guys that never had even a street fight and I was like, Oh, I grew up in the hood and I've had fights in the K or in the ring, you know, and I felt like I, you know, I go hard, but obviously I learned my lesson and, and, and it's changed. So the humility aspect has, has come into play as I've gotten older with injuries and, and dealing with that. I'm, I'm definitely way more selective about who I, who I personally roll with since I, I don't compete. I still continue to roll. I, I have some personals that I teach where I do some, you know, jujitsu in them. And then I, I usually teach one or two jujitsu classes. I have some guys in my gym that cover the majority of them really, really great jujitsu guys, PJ Karam and uh, Taylor Bourne. Excellent. I mean, top, top of the food chain jujitsu guys that run the majority of the training at the gym uh, on that side of the fence with jujitsu. But I've learned that I got to be a little more selective about who I roll with. Cause I could roll with a, a 22 year old guy who wrestled his whole life in high school. I might win the match. I might choke him out. I might, you know, teach him a lesson, but then I'm waking up the next day. Like I, like I was in a car crash, you know what I'm saying? So I'm a little more careful about who I, who I personally train with like that. Um, that's just to keep me viable to teach and coach. You know, I don't need to be in a sling. Uh, how am I going to teach if I'm, you know, limping around with a cane because I let my ego get in the way and I wrestled hard with the next guy. I, I'm just a little more selective about it. My competition days are over. I'm just training for fun and, and for the street. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so I'm just a little more picky about it. And that's, advice I would give anybody is to be, you know, be a little care. You know, if, if you're in a gym with a lot of guys that are good grapplers, you know, it's, it's okay to say, yeah, I'm not going to roll with you. You know, if a guy asks you, Hey, roll with me, I'm going to set this one out or it's okay to do that. I, it, men, we have that tendency to be like, sure. Uh, and then there's those guys that, you know, they're going to go hard with you, but you're going to control them. But again, Sometimes you can just get hurt by accident. Shoot, I've been cut by elbows in jujitsu wrestling matches at the gym because he reached over to try to key lock me and in the process elbowed me in the face. I got my tooth chipped wrestling around and I caught a knee in the face and I made a mistake and not worn my mouthpiece during grappling class. So, I mean, I feel like I've gotten banged up more from jujitsu than the striking side of things, you know? So for me, I've just learned to be more careful about it and keep myself as in best shape as I can, you know, eat you know, relatively properly for the most part, because diet is a big factor. And especially as you get older. And uh, like I say, you just got to be a little more careful about who you roll with once you get to that point. Now, Mercer is still competing. So his mindset's going to probably be a little bit different. He's probably going to want to go with those badasses. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? But, uh, you know, as time goes on and you get out of the competition side of things, you want to be a little more careful about who you train with yeah you you say that but uh even even me like a 20 you know, 27 year old guy in, in his prime um i i still have those people who i'm like yeah that guy i don't know i'm, I'm not trying to really get elbowed today and uh, right. <laughs> so, yeah you're definitely you're definitely gonna have those guys in the gym and that's that's everybody i i, I believe 90 percent of people do who start jiu-jitsu presenting jiu-jitsu i mean they're gonna go through that white belt phase where they're, you know, they're, they're, they, they never had somebody trying to kill them. You know, they never had somebody 
you know, on the brink of having them being choked out. And it's a different experience for sure. Um, and that's why I always say to just remember to breathe. Like a lot of the times they, they're just holding their breath the entire time, just anticipating something that happens, something, something crazy to happen. And in reality, it's, it's when you, when you first start out, everybody's gonna, everybody knows you're a white belt. You're not gonna, you're not gonna do anything crazy to them. As long as, as long as you go easy on them, they're going to go easy on you. Uh, I wish I knew that, but, um, you know, everybody has to learn the hard way. Uh, you know, everybody, every gym has their quote unquote gym enforcer, yeah. uh, where, you know, they, if, if a white belt is acting up or a guy coming in from a different gym, uh, he starts grappling with women and, you know, he starts you know, going hard on them. Uh, the coach is always, you know, he, there's never a word said, but, uh, he always points at his guys like, yeah, go with that guy. Yeah. And you know, it's going to happen right there. So usually that guy, that gym enforcer, he's going to take him down and, and uh, just hold him there and then submit him a few times. So, uh, I, I've had that happen to me. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, you have to leave your ego at the door. Um, you know, the, the main thing is that you have to, well, when you come into a, a, an MMA gym, just in general, not just present just the MMA, you're going to get humbled a uh, hundred people are going to get humbled every single day when you're training. And uh, you have to come to terms with that and you have to really, you, you can't buy into being, you know, being the best and then being, uh, you know, unbeatable and invincible, invincible rather. You, you have to, you have to be, you have to feel like you're going to win the match, but at the same time, you know uh, what could happen. And, and because you know what could happen, you're, you're always, you know, you're always on guard and, and not letting things happen to you. Uh, but nowadays, um, you know, training, I'm, uh, I, when I first started, I never, I knew, I didn't even know people were doing jiu-jitsu tournaments. Um, I was, I was really just doing it for the kicks and it was, it was a cool thing. I was addicted to it, but I didn't, I had no idea people were competing. People at my gym weren't so competitive at that point in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Uh, but ever since about a couple of years ago, when, uh, when coach Jeffrey Cummings came, uh, to, to our gym, you know, we training academy, we really, uh, started focusing on competing a lot more. And uh, getting into that mindset, um, you know, just from from that aspect, uh, remembering to stretch, remembering to uh, just do those things outside of outside of on the mats. Um, you know, even when you're injured, there's a lot of mental training that goes into uh, jiu-jitsu, watching, watching different matches, watching different positions and, and watching instructionals. Nowadays, everybody has an instructional now and you can you can watch. Uh, a whole, a whole series, a whole seminars on on leg locks or Kimura or you know a specific move that uh, you have every single detail, and you can just when you're injured on your off season, uh, you can kind of mental train your, mentally train yourself and watch you know keep your mind in that mode uh, because you know people when when you're injured you get you know you, you can it's easy to fall into depression. Uh, you feel like you know you know the, everything is is against you and. And you know, jitsu is not you know it's, it's not something that maybe maybe somebody feels like they want to quit. Uh, but you have to really stay in that mode. You have to really uh, keep keeping keeping your mind into that engaged in 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 that uh, in that craft in that in that habit that you have. Um, making sure that you're you're always your gears are always turning uh, because when you get out of that gear and you get out and you're out for a few weeks and you just don't. Don't even bother. You don't even think about anything when it comes to your body or, or jiu-jitsu in general. Uh, it's easy to get depressed and really, um, really want to quit. Sometimes you know that's it's, it's a it's a it's it's a common mindset sometimes uh, for a lot of people. That's really well said. 
Well said. It's just and a- that mindset, I think, I think is, is a really crucial, especially in combat sport, actually any sport, especially when you're injured and you know, you, you know, there's something that you want to like keep doing, doing it again and again and again. The mindset is so important. I think I can relate to that. And uh, I don't know about Talha, but because Talha's got multiple injuries, multiple injuries as well. But for me, soccer is, is really crucial. You know, we have a league coming up in June. I haven't touched the soccer ball since October, but starting January, like I cut out everything that's going to aggravate my injury more. And I only focused for the past few months on like rehabbing, getting better, getting better, getting better. And now it's paying off, you know, because now mine, I'm looking forward to June, July when the league comes in and I can perform my best. So I think it's, as you mentioned, you know, when you're in it, when you're in it for the long term, the discipline will follow. So just to get a little different aspect into this for people that are interested, and I'll give examples like in boxing, you got uh, you're hitting the mitts, jump roping a lot, um, basketball, football, lifting weights, plyometrics, etc. For someone interested in jujitsu, what are some exercises? It might not be lifting weights. It might be like rolling a lot with someone. But, you know, I heard shrimping a lot or things like this. What are some exercises? Um, and also for beginners, what's something good to get into? Well, you said shrimping. That's a specific movement we do on the mats. That oh, shrimping. Sorry, shrimping. Shrimping. Yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, it looks ridiculous, but it's actually like a, a technique that it's employed in almost any situation when you're on your back. Um, you you got to have some mats to do that. So if we're gonna say exercises to get you ready for jujitsu, let's say outside of the gym, you know, or outside of the matted area, um, core training. It's it, it, it that would probably be one of the most important things is core training. Uh, definitely lifting weights helps, but it depends on your type of lifting weights. If you're with lifting weights to be a bodybuilder, you know, that that's probably just going to work against your cardio. Lifting weights, building your cardio as much as you can. You can do poor man's cardio, which is running sprints. Those are probably the two most important things to do if let's just say it's you're, you're trying to get workouts in at home before you go to the jujitsu class. It'd be core strength. And, and some kind of cardio training when it comes when it comes to jujitsu and of course flexibility. Got to stretch. Got to get stretched out. I didn't do enough of that, and I paid the price for it. You know, I'm flexible in certain ways, but I'm not flexible in others. So somebody gets me in a kimura, I'm like, hey, you're good, you're good. Don't even take it back there. You know, but uh, but yeah, I, I would say those. You know, just to put it like simply, just core training. You know, abs, squats, something that's going to strengthen your middle because when you're wrestling, it's really kind of all coming from there. And cardio, because any of the martial arts, but especially, you know, jujitsu, you got to have good cardio, at least to do, you know, to do rounds upon rounds. You don't need to be an athlete. That's the beautiful thing about martial arts in any fashion. You can be the most non-athletic person and you can get good at a martial art or even at mixed martial arts or jujitsu, you know, but, you know, obviously the athletes are going to, you know, make a, you know, do a little better faster, but if you're going to do something like as, as far as a minimalist level outside of the gym, I would say any kind of core training you can do and, and any kind of cardio you can get in and of course, stretching. Yeah. It's funny. One thing that really comes to mind because um, when I first asked Mirza, uh, when I first met Mirza, I was like, Mirza, like, what do you do for your core? Like you do any app paintings? Like he's like, I only do planks. And I'm like, well, if it's coming from a jiu-jitsu guy, Hey, guess what? I'm doing planks. So, like, you know, I'm going to start working on a course. Yeah, so that's really important point that you touched on. There's like four workouts or core strengthening is really important. Yeah. I mean, that there's, 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 there's a lot to that and uh, preparing yourself for jujitsu. I mean, it's, um, you're, you're never going to be ready a hundred percent for jujitsu. You can, you can be in the gym every single day. 
um, you know, trying to prepare for your first jiu-jitsu class, but there is no experience like, like being in, in, in that class itself or, you know, rolling and then being in that live, uh, live environment. Because I mean, again, I, I was in the gym for probably, I would say two years straight every single day and probably, and every Sunday I would take off, but I, I didn't miss a single day for two years. And, you know, I was, I was a big yoke guy, 225 again. And, uh, it's still like I was, I was every part of my body was sore after the class. And I, I had muscles that I didn't even know existed uh, in my hands that were hurting my, my neck, especially my neck was, was killing me. Um, I, to those that, that are, that are trying to say, you know, I want to, I want to do jitsu, but uh, I want to lose 10 pounds or I want to do jitsu, but I want to, I want to gain some strength. I just, 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 just try it. Just try jujitsu and, and really go for it because they, you, you'll see all types of people on the mats. You'll see women, you'll see men, you'll see big, you know, big, big guys. You'll see scrawny guys. You'll see little kids sometimes joining in the adults class. I mean, you'll have all types of people from all backgrounds and that's the beauty of it. Uh, you, you, you don't, don't, don't intimidate yourself thinking it's something that is, it's, it's a, it's only an athletic man sport or it's only, uh, if, if I'm not, if I'm not 200 pounds, I'm not going to be successful at it. I mean, there's, there's examples after examples of people that, uh, that, that are, you know, 150 pounds, 160 pounds, but they're, they're, they're world-class and they're winning, they're winning absolutes, uh, you know, worlds and, and, and time and time again. Uh, so for those that are saying, you know, uh, I want to, I want to do jiu-jitsu, but just let go of that, butt and just go into that class. Every, every single gym offers you know, at least a one day, a one day trial, maybe a one week trial, uh, try it out and, and see if it's for you, for you. Um, and if you don't, you know, if, if it's not your cup of tea, fine. But for a lot of people, you go into that class and then you, you, you have that experience. And, and for, for most people, uh, or for a lot of people, rather, it's, it's, a, it's a weird switch. That's like, I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm in, <laughs> I'm buying in hundred percent. I'm putting all my chips in this, in, on this, on these mats here. Uh, so man, uh, but when it comes to exercises, uh, preparing for jujitsu and, and really, um, really, uh, for as, as far as injuries go and, and, uh, and preparing before you start jujitsu as well, I would say a lot of hip exercises, um, hip mobility, as well as hip strength. Uh, there's for, for most moves in, in Brazilian jitsu, uh, especially when you're on the ground. Uh, a lot of it's, I mean, most of it's going to come from your hips and, and, and being able to be explosive with your hips and being able to move around as well as shrimping is part of uh, moving your hips as well. So hip mobility, as well as hip, uh, you know, being, being able to explode out of positions and, 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 uh, and, and switch the position up. So that's, that's another, uh, core is definitely, uh, up there as well as, as well as hips, I would say. Mm -hmm. Good point. Definitely. And I think that's really one thing I can definitely, definitely attest to that. Like from my personal experience, hip, most of us don't do enough hip workouts or hip mobility workouts. And that leads to a lot of knees injuries and hamstring injuries. So definitely thank you for touching on that, Mirza. And, and this is something that, again, for the audience listening, you guys heard it over and over again, that this is one of the best forms of self-defense. And I think in the world that we live in, sadly, I think everyone should have some form of self-defense for themselves. So Try out jujitsu, and you heard it from Coach James or Mirza, who, who had at least five to thirty years of experience here. So try it out, and they've always they shared their their minds with you. You know. Now, before I know we're coming on the time, before we let you guys go, we got I got three quick questions for you guys. Number one, what do you guys think about Cobra Kai or the Karate Kid? Oh, I love it. 
I grew up on Karate Kid, so yeah, I love it. We even, uh, man, hold on. We've been, these are one of our stars <laughs> <laughs> of the Strikes MMA. We have these shirts. Um, so you, so you're that team. Yeah, we're, we're, we're definitely, we joke we're that team. We, we did a kickboxing show uh, uh, last year before COVID and we were wearing those shirts, right? And the announcer, you know, or the play-by-play guy was like, they're the real Cobra guy. <laughs> and uh, so definitely I'm a big fan. So I'm, I'm getting one of those off of you, James. Uh, Got it, brother. <laughs> 100% I'm going to that website and getting one. Awesome. Um, for me, I mean, I, I, I did watch Karate Kid as a kid, um, but I, I never, I never really, uh, started the Cobra Kai uh, on, on Netflix. I, we wanted to start it, me and the wife, but uh, never got around to it. But Karate Kid, man, everybody everybody sees that and sees the crane kick. Uh, you know, you're, you're always replicating that thing as a, as a kid, kicking your little brother in the chest and maybe getting his win to be caused, uh, to, you know, to, to lose his win. But uh, yeah, man, everybody, everybody starts their martial arts journey on either Bruce Lee or Karate Kid or yeah. Jackie Chan or all of the above. Yeah. Uh, so for for a lot of people, that's what they grew up on. And when I walked into GM's gym, I was hoping he would be like, "Hey, wax on." Wax <laughs> oh my on. god. <laughs> I probably approached you a little differently than that. But <laughs> I'm a little more Johnny Lawrence, I would say. Probably. Oh, you're like just get into it. Strike for like brutal mercy. Second question for you guys: One person, dead or alive, you guys would want to work out with or train with. So, uh, first. Chuck Norris. He just turned 81 the other day. Uh, I wish I could, maybe one day I'll get to meet the guy. He's actually, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but he actually was a force in bringing Brazilian jiu-jitsu to America. He brought the Machado brothers here. He's uh, obviously he's known for his tight tank sudo, but he's also a judo black belt. And he's also a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. It blows people's mind that don't know that about him. Uh, they just assume he's like a movie it's star. Actually, but, he, but when I was a kid, just real quick on that, I watched Bruce Lee. He was awesome, but he would like fight 50 guys at once, fly up in a tree. Chuck was like wearing tight jeans, long hair. He'd fight like one guy at a time, at least, you know, he wasn't doing like somersaults and stuff. He'd maybe jump kick them, box and a lot of judo tosses and stuff. It looked realistic to me more so than Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee, I couldn't identify with as well. I love Kung Fu movies. And in Detroit on, on Saturday, they would have Kung Fu movies. And I'd watch them all. It was all I did. But it was always like high-flying acrobatics and just a little too unreal. Whereas Chuck's stuff, at least in his early movies, there was a, a he got his butt kicked a little bit. It was a little more realistic. He wasn't fighting 50 guys at once. So actually, he's a factor in why I really wanted to learn martial arts. And uh and he's proven out to be a really nice guy. He does a lot of stuff philanthropy wise and charities and stuff like that. So he's a really great guy. I'd love to meet him and, 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 and work out with him. You know, I, let's, I, hope, let's hope you do. Let's hope in you some have. sense, he's the reason my gym exists. He's the reason I'm in this position in my life. And you know, one day I'm going to tell him. So. Super cool. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people, they, they hear about Chuck Norris and they don't, they don't know that he's actually really legit. He's a legit martial artist. They think he's an actor or he, they walk, they, they, they saw him on Texas Walker, uh, Walker, Texas, you know, right. Walker Ranger. And uh, they, they think that he's just an actor, man. He's, he's a really, he's a legit martial artist. And, uh, and in fact, uh, funnily enough, we're talking about Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. He was, he was one of the ones who actually helped bring, uh, jiu-jitsu to to, this, yeah, to the states especially yeah. to the west i mean he he paid 
for uh, Gene Jacques Machado's uh, gym until yes. uh, you know and it was he used to train out of his garage and he did, he he purchased the whole gym for him and and he's he's been a branch out of the West Coast for jiu-jitsu especially here in America so uh, that, that's funnily enough that they he brought him up but um for myself when it comes to when it comes to training um, it, it's not anything to do with martial arts it's just a, from a mindset perspective. Uh, you said dead or alive. So uh, one one person that comes to mind when it comes to training is is, is Kobe Bryant. Uh, being able to train with him, just you know, do do whatever. You know, I, I don't I don't care if Mindset. we just if we play golf yeah. or we we did anything, man. Just getting just getting to pick his brain about his mentality and how he went into training. I mean, just hearing about how how much time he spent at the gym, just repetitions. Even though he's the best, you know, at every at pretty much everything he did, he was still shooting jump shots. You know, hundred jump shots after the game, just spending hours uh, just working on his craft and then really becoming the best at what he is. Um, that that's, you know, just that Mamba mentality. He has his own mentality named after him. I mean, when it comes to, when it comes to training with somebody, um, I don't care what we do. Uh, I, I would, I would have loved to experience the train with, with, uh, Kobe, RIP Kobe. That's really awesome. Now the last question, and then I'm going to let you guys go as one person either in the current time or who's retired that James, you would want to compete with, or like fight against and Mirza than to you. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. That's that's a hard. That's a probably, messed up call out. I mean, uh, there's definitely a lot of Hollywood actors I'd like to, you know, compete against. But I, I you got me lost on that one. I can't really think of uh, any specific name to throw out there. Maybe Steven Seagal because uh, he's. Um, uh, kind of a joke in the mixed martial arts, the martial arts community. <laughs> and he still talks bad about a lot of people. He's a, he's literally a crazy person. And don't get me wrong. His first like five or six movies were like amazing. And then he took a road into fried food and, and got out of shape and makes these movies in Russia, whatever, whatever he does. And uh, I love the opportunity to really actually see what he has even though i know he's probably well well past his prime but you know that guy seems to you know i don't know he just irks me a little bit i guess i don't know that's my yeah, best but, line but come what about in a what about in a competitive mindset like from the ufc fighters or or just or whatever your preference or says like as far as like competing against somebody now like yeah they're all too, they're all too good now <laughs> <laughs> um but uh you know i i don't know i i you know, I definitely wouldn't have minded to be able to compete with some high level guys. I don't know how well I do. I think I could probably do okay. That's my ego talking for sure. Um, but uh, definitely, I think it would be fun to compete against BJ Penn when he was in his prime, just because he was a great jujitsu guy, but also amazing striking. I'm sure he kicked my butt, but I would feel uh, honored to lose to him. You know, uh, BJ Penn's one of my favorite fighters. GSP too, but I think GSP probably knocked me out. So at least G BJ Penn choked me out and not so bad, you know. <laughs> That's awesome. Numbers on to you. Um, for myself, I mean, when uh, when you, when I'm, I'm currently competing in jiu-jitsu, so when, when the mindset that I'm in, I want to be the best at what I'm, what I'm doing. So um, to, to be the best, you got to beat the best. I mean, I'm, you know, if... if uh, <laughs> <laughs> Gordon, uh, Gordon Ryan is one of the I, best. I ain't uh, trying to have you and James get on the mat right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the best. I'm just, I'm, I'm a good talker. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't do anything against James to trust me. And he's going <laughs> to, but, uh, when it comes to competing, man, um, you know, Gordon Ryan is, is, is one of the best, uh, 
jiu-jitsu uh, practitioners out there today, especially in Nogi. Uh, so maybe down the road, man, if we, you know, if we, if we got the chance to tangle, that would be pretty cool uh, for sure. You know, just uh, a chance to, 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 to claim that spot of his. So Gordon, if you're watching this, I'm, I'm going to see you in a couple of years, man. Call out. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, yeah, uh, that's good. We'll go we'll get more publicity on this. Right. I'm, I'm going to do a pay-per-view for that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much, guys, James and Mirza, for coming on, for taking our time and sharing your thoughts and, you know, opening up about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and what it meant to you. Um, I know that if you're local in Detroit or in the Dearborn, Detroit area or even uh, around the metro Detroit area, actually, James, you have the Stars and Strikes MMA. Yeah, Stars and Strikes MMA. We're on Instagram, Facebook, website. We've been around 11 years. We've been cranking it out for a long time. We're in Westland, Michigan. Easy to get a hold of us if you're looking for training. We'd love to have you. Awesome. And Mirza, are you taking clients? Uh, nah, man. Come see me at uh, Gwinnett Training Academy if you want to come get some roles in here. And if you're in Georgia, if you're in Atlanta area, Metro Atlanta. Uh, it's right off of Sugarloaf, Five Forks. Um, you know, I'll, I'll love to to meet anybody. Uh, that'll be that'll be kind of cool to to meet somebody out there. <laughs> so definitely, and you can definitely reach out to them for any information that you need. These guys will definitely guide you to to your path into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So again, once again, thank you guys so much, and we hope thank we look you. forward to hosting you guys again. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode. Please follow the Instagram page 2325fitness for more health and fitness information. If you have any questions, please send us an email at 2325.fit at gmail.com and please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast.